number 11 number 11 love lifted me love lifted me amen page 11 please stand everyone together there's some singing today sing to the lord because you sing because of that love lifting you one day Sing. 
singing this morning. Okay. You know, preachers are supposed to be ready in season and out. And I believe that if you're called, got a calling on you, God giving you some a talent or whatever, that you'll be ready to go whenever you're ready to go. When you're so, anyway, she says she felt fine this morning, so we're getting ready to find out. Come on. And it was her mama sick. It wasn't her. I was just messing with her. And I am glad that her mom was feeling better. But she didn't look good when she left here Tuesday. Y'all say amen. She kind of had me worried. That sure likes that one. If you left winter strike, 
or anything like above, you might want to consider rolling the windows up.
Well, Sister Lynn, I've been praying that we get a female singer that is, that'll take your place when the when the day comes. We praise God. We grew our own. Amen. <laughs> yep. Thank you uh, there to the Eccles family. Amen. Wow. That's good right there. Mm, 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 mm. When I saw what she was singing, y'all can turn me down just a little bit. Amen. I don't I hope if the center one's on, turn it off. Okay, good. But uh when I saw what she was singing, I told her right then, I said, I like that. Amen. Great job. Great job. And she's getting better and she's singing with more confidence as the days go by, and that's not a bad thing either. Amen. So, well, part three, God's laying on my heart. I'm going to stay right here until God tells me that I need to move on to something else. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're going to be again in John chapter number uh, uh, four. And I want to say this, to, uh, I want to say this as y'all are turning to John chapter four. You know, I, I want y'all to be thinking about what God is to you. Now, see, these things here are thoughts that come from the Bible and what, you know, the things is, is, is all this is and everything of what God is. But see, here's the, here's the reality. When we get into the meat and potatoes is, uh, is church, the reality is what really is God to you? Amen. If he's a source that you can rebel against, well, let me go ahead and reassure you this today, honey. You will lose that battle. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you're going to think that you're going to rebel against God by the way you dress, by the way you talk, by the way you act, by the way you, you all these different things, I promise you this, you will lose the battle because God is bigger than that and he has already overcome. Amen? i tell you what I, what I thought about the other day, Brother Sam. I thought about going back there and getting out that box that I've got put up. I've got a box in a special place, and I went, I'll go back and look at them pictures of days of old. And I'm, I'm thinking seriously about getting them out and then have them on a, uh, my own poster board for everybody to look at to what they were, the way they were, and that where they are now. I don't think, though, Brother Sam, if I do that right there, that a lot of people are not going to be happy. I know they ain't going to be happy with me, first of all, but they're, not, but they're really not going to be happy with themselves because of the fact what they'd see. Amen? But see, God God is something that, that, is, that is so far supreme to all of the, anything that we can think, anything that we could read, we can't even fathom the thought of just what God is. Splendor, splendor beyond any measure has ever been able to measure. There's not a measurement that is known today to measure the splendor of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Let's think about these things when we are out there. Because when we're out in the world and we're seeing all this stuff right here and you're shaking your head 
and saying, I'm not believing that that person is dressed this way. Apply that to you. The Bible records that David told his best friend Jonathan, there's not a step but between me and death. Oh, yeah. Let me just say this. That's all of us. And I'm going to tell you some of them. There's a lot of there's a lot of people today that's on that proverbial banana peeling that is almost a slip into that. Amen. Why? It's because of the fact that we have allowed God to become third, fourth, and fifth place in our life and not allowed him to be where he needs to be and where the Bible says that he needs to be is first in our life. We've put uh, all this stuff up in front of him, church. And I tell you, when we start putting things up in front of God and getting him out of his position, you start falling in a bad disposition. Mm. So see, church, that's why it's so important. Look at John chapter number 4. We'll be back in our text verse, which is verse number 24. Tells us here what the biblical stand is. The Bible records, and uh, John writes it, and and Jesus is speaking here. It says, God is the Spirit. Well, we know that. And they that worship Him must worship Him. How? There's a lot of lying going on. I just said it. There's a whole lot of lying going on. If we're going to worship Him, we must worship Him. The Bible says in spirit and in truth, Jesus spoke it, but there's a lot of lying going on. The reason for it is there's a lot of people that ain't worshiping the Lord with, the, with all their heart, soul, and mind. They're not. That, look, Brother Sam, that, look here. Hey, Brother Mike, it's written right here. It says, if, it says, God is a spirit. We know that. We've not seen Him, but we know that He's real. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And truth, and I'm telling you that there ain't a lot of spirit when it comes to worshiping and praising Jesus, and there ain't a lot of truth because there's a lot of people that are painting it all and covering it up when they shouldn't be. Amen? Mm. Mm. And I'm going to tell you something it's real, it's real easy. Brother Jeff, to pull the wool over the pastor's eyes. I mean, it's simple. I mean, it's simple. You ain't going to pull no wool over God's eyes. You know why? He sees the heart. In other words, let me help you all out. He sees the meat and potatoes in you. He knows exactly what's going on in here, but more so, he knows and he's reading what's going on in here because he knows the heart. I ain't talking about his muscle. I'm talking about the heart. Amen? So see, church, we need to worship him. When, when we worship him, though, we need to worship him in spirit and in truth because God is a spirit. He's worthy to be praised. 
That same God in heaven that saved me in 1999 saved Sister Lynn before that. Amen. That same God in heaven that saved Sister Lynn is the same God in heaven that saved somebody else at a different uh, age than what she is. We can go around the room and ask everybody in here probably would know, you know, everybody's got a different date and time. And it should be. But let me just say this right here, though. They all got a place and time where Jesus done something in their heart and life. Amen. And I'll just go ahead and say this right here. The Bible says you're known by your fruit. But I'm going to tell you this. Y'all do realize that a crab apple smells good. But I promise you this. You don't want to eat it. I ain't never heard no restaurant serving up crab apple pie. I seen some that I thought was crab apple pie, and y'all could say amen. Pie with rough. God is security. You're going to pick up. God is security. There are over 100 verses of Scripture in the King James Bible that gives eternal security of, that when we get saved, that, that, that salvation is secured forever in Jesus Christ. Amen. And see, and, and, and we're secure in Jesus, and we're secure in that, in knowing that the day that we got saved by the grace of God, that Jesus went over and he pinned it down in the Lamb's book of, of life, and it is written there in that person's name, and it is written in blood, and it's there, and it is sealed, and that person is sealed to the day of redemption. The Bible records that nothing can pluck me from my Father's hand. Well, you can be plucked if you weren't never in. Amen? I'm thankful for that day that I got in, in, in that fountain filled with blood that was drawn from Emmanuel's veins. I said this Wednesday night while I was preaching over Brother Ricky's. I looked like a beached whale or a walrus flopping around inside that fountain. I wanted to make sure that the blood was applied every iota of my body. Amen? The day that I got baptized, Don Earl Lennon looked at me and he said, uh, Brother Ray, and he sings bass in the choir. He said, Brother Ray, I just felt like you were, you were a goner. My foot slipped off the mat and I went down to the bottom. I went, hey, look, water came up over top and into the, uh, the choir loft. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was the it was a plunge, but I tell you what, I told him, I said, look, I just it's the same way that I got saved. I wanted to make sure that everything was covered, bro. Amen. But the Bible records in first John five thirteen, these things have I written unto you that believing on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Amen. That's just one of over 100 verses of Scripture that gives us eternal security in Jesus Christ. Look here. That old saying is, once I got in, I can't get out. Well, let me just change that. I'm glad I'm in and I don't want to get out. Amen. And the reason I don't want to get out is because of the fact, look, it's so good in it. So good. I'm telling you, I am so thankful for the day that I got saved. And I'm, and I'm glad of this. We sing that song, but it gives a whole new meaning when we sing the song. When I see the blood, knowing that He's going to pass, He's going to pass over me. Amen? You know, I'm glad there ain't no judgment coming 
you know, from the Lord, what that song is talking about is actual judgment of God for not being saved. And I'm glad when the songwriter wrote it that the blood was applied. Amen. I'll go ahead and say this too, Brother Mike. I'm not ashamed of it. Brother Marvin, we're in a bloody religion, and I thank God for the blood. Amen. Thank God for the blood. It's under the blood. That young and couldn't have sang that song no more better than what she just did. Y'all say amen. Mm. You about got her pastor ready to run the aisles away. My back hurts. That's all I needed to have done. Y'all would have had to go get me with that wheelchair and roll me back in here. Amen. Number 12, God is peace. Peace like a river and a peace that passeth all understanding. Peace. Being saved gives peace of mind. Being secure with Jesus is also having peace. Meditating on the Scriptures gives peace to our soul. But there's something far better. The definition of the word, according to Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, is this. Brother Sammy, don't run the aisle on this definition. A state of quiet or tranquility. Freedom from disturbance or agitation. That's what... Glory right there. This is just, look here, this is just the definition of the word, man. Applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. Peace. Peace. There's something about peace. Amen. This past 4th of July, we spent the day here. I went to Brown Summit, unloaded those cones, come home. I got me a nice, nice cold shower. And I said, well, I'm going to enjoy my bedtime early. Oh, And I said, I'm going to go ahead and rest comfortably because I know that about 9 o'clock, that bunch of fools is going to start shooting them fireworks and wake Ray from his beauty sleep. It was so peaceful this past 4th of July. I spent the day at church, come home, got that cold shower, laid in bed, fan on, ceiling fan on, air conditioner on, and no fireworks. That was shooting off. It was so quiet. I just think, I said, thank you, Lord. But we got them going on outside, amen? I'm glad for that. I'm glad for the definition of this word. I never realized that it, that that tranquility. I think about those pastures and everything up there in the mountains that me and Cheryl just stop and we're riding and we'll get out and walking in pa those pastures and stuff like that and everything and all. It's quiet. It's tranquil. It's peace. Me and her one time were over on the other side of Robbinsville going towards Toleco Plains, Tennessee, and way up there on top of the mountain, they have these fancy little things on the power poles for flying squirrels to when, to fly. They can leap and fly over the road where they won't get killed. And there was this one place up there we stopped at, bathroom break. 
temperature where we had just left was in the 80s. It was 59 degrees up there, breeze blowing and cloudy, way up there on top of the mountain behind Robbinsville. No traffic, nothing. It was just quiet. I felt like that I was just merely inches away from God. I mean, you literally could reach up. If I was standing on top of the, of the pickup truck, I could touch clouds. They were that low. It was just, I just felt like, and you could feel God. And that's when I, I said to myself, right then, I said, listen to this piece. I told, we, were, we, we still talk about it. Tucked away in the Old Testament, Isaiah Chapter 26 and verse number 3 says, listen, listen to what he says here. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. When our mind is fixed and stayed on Jesus, there is peace that passeth all understanding that's granted to us. It's good to know that we can have that peace with God and be that secured in Him. Amen? What a blessing it is to know. Church, that thrills me because of the fact, because, look, this tells me right here that there is a peace that goes past any understanding that I ever know. Amen? God is eternal, everlasting. Eternal, everlasting. When you think on this, God has always been God. He's always been God. And when you think on this, eternal, everlasting, He will always be just that. He will always be God. He's never changing. He's never going to change. He's forever unchanged. He's always God. He is not a respecter of person. Anybody can come. The Bible says, whosoever will may come. He is God that is always and ever will be God. Mm. When a person gets saved, he gets that eternal, everlasting life where the physical body dies, but the spiritual and eternal body is transformed from life unto life and is gone to live with the Lord. Brother E.A. Britt crossed over this morning, a dear, dear friend of mine crossed over Jordan this morning about 8.15. Another dear friend. But the thing of it is, though, the family weeps. But Brother E.A. Britt right now, He's walking the happy street. All these many years, he's fought and he's dug and he's fought and he's dug. Now there's no more fighting. He got healed this morning at 8.15. Amen? Mm. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll miss him. But i tell you one thing, though. It ain't bye. It's, hey, I'll see you in a little while. Amen? That's right. Yes, the physical body does die, but the soul just keeps right on living. Amen.
We should all be happy, glad, and free knowing that Jesus Christ has always been and will always be God. Psalms 90 and verse number 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. It tells us there in the book of Psalms. Amen. Thou art God. He's always been God. He'll always be God. And when we get home to be with Him in, in glory, guess what? We get to see God, Jesus, face to face. We sing that song, and I've sang it. You know, we, it's been sung here. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? I have no idea what will it be. But I know this right here. I'll get to see my Savior one day face to face, eye to eye, after the first thing that I see. That won't be the first thing that I see in heaven. The first thing I'll see in heaven, I've been asked this, and I don't mind sharing what I'll see. The first thing I'll see is that street of gold because I'll be on flat on my face right there praising the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what I asked me the other day. He said, what's the first thing you're going to see when you get to heaven? I say that at street of gold. I said, I'm not worthy to look at Jesus. I said, he said, but you're a child of God, you say. I said, yeah, well, I'm still not worthy. <laughs> I said, I can't wait to get home, though. Amen. That's the reason right there, church, I'm going to say this. We all need to be glad that we're sealed into the day of redemption. But the only people that can say that is the people that are saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you this. we got something that we need to be thankful for. And that's having peace. You know, the songwriter wrote that old song, If I go or if I stay, I'm a winner either way. It don't make no difference to me. Amen. Look, I, I'm, say, I'm saying I'm happy right here at, at home. I like going coming home in the evening. I ain't like some of them husbands that, that are, that are uh, can't stand to come home to the wife. Look here, I I I get up early and and do my work day so I can get back home. I, look, I didn't marry her to stay away from her. Bless God, I like mama. Amen. If I'm, look here, if I married her to stay away from her, bless God, I never would have married her. But I'll tell you something, I ain't nothing no better going home, but I'm going to tell you one day I'm going home. Amen? And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about that at the house. I'm talking about home. I'm talking about home with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. I, look here, I ain't going to do nothing stupid to speed it up, but I promise you this, I'm ready to go. Amen? Amen. How about this next one? God is a sweet aroma. We've heard sermons over the years how sweet heaven is. We've heard descriptions that, uh, that have been given, but we still are not sure the truly sweet heavenly uh, beauty that heaven really is. We don't have a clue. God has made a place that is called heaven, and the aroma there is so sweet. I got behind a trash truck the other day. Had to go, had to go get my truck washed because that loving juice was spraying out the back of it. And of course, it got all over the truck and the windshield and everything like that. Yeah. And I got to thinking about it. I started praising Jesus. I could smell it. 
I was tickled. I don't have a lot of smell since I got COVID. As a matter of fact, coming up on the anniversary just next week, next Friday. Amen. Two years. But see, the thing of it is this. After two years, I was riding behind that trash truck. I said, man, Lord. Woo. Yeah. But guess what? Then I got over on the road a little further. I said, well, maybe I had the window down, and I put the wind up and turned the air conditioner on recycle, on recirculate and everything, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? You should be praising Jesus. You can smell. So I, put, I cut the air conditioner back off, put the window back down, and I just rode. And then when I got a chance to go past him, I did. We ain't got the truck clean, and the man asked me, he said, I don't know where you've been, but you need, don't need to go back. I told him, I said, look here. I said, you, your job's to wash the truck there. I said, you go rattle the whatever, and let's get this thing going here. And he looked at me. He told me he started laughing. I, I, I go in and out over there in Burlington a lot. And so I was able to trade licks with him, you know. But the thing of it is this, though, church, we can find praise no matter where we are. I, I'm glad that when I get to heaven, there won't be no aroma from my, out of a trash truck. Amen. The Bible tells me that I don't have that to worry about at all because my Bible says no unclean thing shall enter into heaven. I praise the name of Jesus for that right there, folks. Amen. Let me tell you this. There's a lot of unclean people that ain't going to be in heaven either. Y'all say amen to that. Amen. Mm. I'm going to tell you, that's good to know. I'm telling you, we have heard all the descriptions, but we just don't know how, beaut how beautiful heaven really is. God has made a place that is called heaven, and that aroma has to be sweet because of the fact there ain't no unclean things there. It's a home, the Bible records. It's a house, according to the John. A city. A city that is recorded in, in Revelation. But see, the thing of it is this, in Ephesians 5, 2, it says, And walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. One of the sweetest-smelling savors I believe I can ever, uh, ever smell in my, in my lifetime is that windy day when I'm coming out of the backer fields back at the, uh, and it's our last day and Miss Pelham would always have fried chicken. And no matter, it seemed no matter which way we come from heading to the house on that last day, uh, when that, when, when it was the end, the end in time, when we're, everybody was done, no matter which direction we went by, we can, uh, that wind was always hitting us in the face and we can smell her frying chicken. 13 fried, uh, she would fry 13 chickens, boil five pounds of potatoes, cook three pounds of rice, a great, uh, enough gravy that will, I'm going to tell you something, there ain't a crock pot in this building can handle the gravy, and butter beans, sliced tomato, ice cold cucumbers. Man, Lord Jesus, I pray. Thank you, God. And she was set down, and as soon as we was set down, Mr. Pelham would stand up, and he would pray over the meal, and he would all. And when he got ready to sit down, nobody, none of us boys moved until he reached and got the chicken off the plate that he wanted, and then he would say these words: "Y'all be civil." That's all he would say to us: "Y'all be civil." And we have at it. Man, I remember it, remember it well. What a, what it is. But see, 
One day that's, that sweet-smelling aroma will enter in all of our nostrils and we'll be in that, getting that sweet smell of heaven. Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad that God has made a place that's so sweet for us. Amen? Mm. Mm. God is unchanged. Throughout time, Jesus has never changed. His Word is perfect and has never changed. The Bible states that forever the Word of God is settled in heaven. People do change, and I have experienced that firsthand. That is truth. Things change. Things do change. If you don't believe things ain't changed, just go outside and look around. Amen? It was pretty when we got here this morning. Now it's thunderstorm. Things change. Let me just say this right here. Society has changed. Look how, look how society has changed. Where they're trying to force us into believing that wrong is right and right is wrong. Amen? Let me just go ahead and tell you this today. Uh-uh, that ain't the case. That is not the case. Amen? We, people tell, people are tired. I'm so sick of it on Facebook, all these people that are so scriptural on Facebook and everything like this right here, and they ain't got no scripture at all in them. Let me just go ahead and tell you this, church. The Bible says, judge not, lest thou be judged. Okay? If you want to get the true meaning, you want to get the true meaning of that verse of scripture, you have to go back two chapters and read into it. And when you get to that point and read past it, it tells us that the, that the person that is saved by the grace of God has the full right to judge sin. I do not have to say that you are what you're doing, your alcohol drinking, your pornography watching, your shacking up, or any of this other garbage, the queers and the lesbians and all this mess. I do not have to say that it is right. It is wrong by the King James Bible. It is wrong in the sight of God. And I promise you this, if you don't get it right, you will die in your sin and you will go to a place called hell. My Bible, my King James Bible right there says it, that settles it. It ain't open for debate or anything like that. And let me help my friend out on Facebook. Your alcohol is an abomination. You know who you are. Y'all okay? All them things I mentioned are changes. 400 years, 400 plus years ago, we got the King James Bible in 1611. When you do the math, it's over 400. I'm going to preach if it goes dark. Don't worry. <clears throat> over 400 years ago, Brother Mike, we got the King James Bible. It was in there. That all that stuff was in there that it was an abomination then. All right? People, people changed. And now they're trying to make their junk okay in our eyes. Well, I got news. 
My Bible says still today in 2023 that it is a sin. It is a sin. I can go to any Bible in this room that's King James. Them other perversions, I don't have no idea. We ain't got them in here anyway. Thank God for that. But see, I can go to any one of them. I can show them where it's an abomination. The Bible says, woe. The Bible says, woe. W-O-E to those that drink strong drink. Check out Isaiah. Also Leviticus. Also uh, Deuteronomy. Okay? It gives, look here, it don't come out and say, thou shalt not drink strong drink. No, it don't say that. It just plainly says, woe. And I don't want to hear, woe, from God. Now you're talking, you're saying to yourself, preacher, you're saying it's okay to drink. No, I'm saying it's an abomination because that's what the Bible says. Abomination makes God sick. Hmm. That was all free, Brother Marvin. That was just a free endorsement there. I don't that's not even on my outline, but hey, you know, Lord wanted it said, praise God. It was it said. But I'm glad that the word of God will never change. I'm glad that God won't never change. Islands constantly change and are changing. My boss man told me one time, he uh, Bob Scott, I'm a man that I dearly res- uh, have a high re- regard and respect for. Bob Scott told me, he said, Ray, go sail. Don't become an island. I turned around, walked back into his office, and I said, Bob, what in the devil are you talking about? He said, listen, islands erode. They become really big, popular, then they erode and fall into the sea. He said, don't become an island. He said, now get out of my office. I got a conference call. Two years later, I understood what he meant. And I always made sure after that I never became an island. It took me two years to figure it out. But what he was saying was very profound. The Bible says in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ the same to yesterday and today and forever. He's always the same. He's always the same. He is mine, I am His. Jesus knows my name. Lovingly, caringly, He holds my hand. All the time of the day, no matter where I am. Lovingly, caringly, He knows my name. Always the same, always the same. Jesus is forever, always the same. You get the theme of what the, what the songwriter is trying to convey, that Jesus never changes its people. That change. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It tells us that over in Psalms. Jesus never changes. It tells us that in Hebrews. Thank God we have a God that never changes.
Father, use this invitation. Have it to be what you would have it to be. And Lord, we'll just give you praise, honor, and glory. And Lord, I do pray that we would search. Search us, O oh God, the Bible says. Well, search us. And if there be anything in us that would keep us separated from you, reveal it. Reveal it. So that way we can have that closer walk. Father God, take this invitation now and use it in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. And it's in your name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. Let me just say this to you this morning. You say, Preacher, that was kind of rough. But I needed to hear it. Then you have an altar that's down here you need to come to. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, that was rough. Can't believe you went there. <clears throat> Pray for me. Pray for me. Maybe you're here and you say, Hey, preacher, everything you said applied to my life. Pray for me. Because I know where I need to clean up now. Well, I'm not going to ask nobody to raise no hand. I'm going to ask you just to get out of your seat and come on down to an altar. Because really, in all honesty, that's where you need to be is on your knees in front of a just and holy God, crying out to Him, saying, Jesus, help me! Maybe you're here this morning, and you say, Hey, preacher, I heard those words that you said before you even started preaching about the tithing. Well, I didn't like that. Well, well I'm going to tell you this. Before I can pray for you, why don't you just come down to the altar and get things right? Because that's where you need to be. If you're not tithing, you're stealing from God. The Bible tells us plainly over in Exodus chapter 19, and verse and there, and and the, we know as the as the Ten Commandments, "Thou shalt not steal." You're stealing from God. Maybe you're here this morning. And you say, "Hey, preacher, I need to get saved. I'm lost. Will you pray for me? I want to. I, I I know now. I'm lost. I need to be saved." Just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? You ain't got to leave it up a long time. How about it, Facebook? Calling you out now. Four people last week got saved by the grace of God. How about you? How about you? No, preacher. No. You don't understand. I, well, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to keep on my same old path. It seems to not be working for my life because my life is miserable, but I'm going to stay right on it. 
Sure as I'm breathing, somebody ain't doing business with the Lord. I can. Amen. Brother Jeff, I'm going to get you to walk down to the fellowship hall and ask Sister Vanessa to come back up here, please. Thank you, sir. Well, have you done business? Have you done business? I pray that you have. 